Welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood, and we are cruising in the Trans Am, making our way to to a hotel to start partying. And of course, the first hotel that we're doing today is going to be Motel Hell. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have some beef jerky. Uh, we're gonna have our boy Vincent showing his show uh, show us his garden. We're gonna have this cop who's very horny all around yes this is retro blood and this is motel hell like and then there's the o that goes on and off so did you get it the the o okay got it. i got it yeah that was i was wondering if you're gonna bring up that joke that was awesome yes j.a allison james klein and we are starting our hotel uh four episode i guess gimmick going on this month and it's gonna be a one hell of a uh, one hell of a ride that this one's going to be Motel Hell. Pretty crazy style movie. Pretty crazy era. Um, I have a lot to say about this uh, particular movie. Uh, yeah, I bet you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, this is right up your alley for sure. <laughs> the one liners in this movie were something else. Like, I, I think, like, the, the the director was just like, okay, how can I put every one liner that I know into a movie? I was like, he's just gonna like, he just, I think he just has like a big scribble pad of just a bunch of one liners. But we'll get all into it. But um, yeah. but yeah, how you doing, Allison? Are you ready for our hotel experience? Good man, it's good to be out on the road when these hotels from week to week leading up to the uh, most famous. Hotel horror movie of all time, maybe. That's true. That's true. Little hint there. Little little hint of what can happen. But yeah, like we're doing like a tour of hotels pretty much. So it is kind of a cool like concept, you know. A lot of horror movies in hotels and how hotels can be a little scary, you know. Um, you know, because it's like it's not your home. It's some place where there's a bunch of people, you know, con- uh, conjugate. And it's just like, you know, people checking in, checking out. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of craziness that can happen at different hotels, um, especially in real life. And it's just pretty, it's really, it's a really cool concept that a lot of horror movies do. So I think it's be a pretty cool journey that we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing about four episodes, all based on hotel um, craziness in these movies. Uh, have you ever stayed at a crazy hotel, Allison? I've actually stated a few. I, I honestly, um, I actually look for for a crazy old hotels. It's my favorite thing to place to stay when I'm traveling. I really don't prefer 
newer built hotels for some reason. I just like things that are old. I like history of, I, I just like the idea that, you know, even maybe a hundred years before I walked through the door, there were people that were staying in the same hotel in the same room in the same building. And I actually looked for them. And um, the hotel I stayed in in Chicago when I was there last month, well, two months ago now, um, the Congress Plaza Hotel is a super haunted hotel. And there's a lot, it's it's considered the haunt, the most haunted hotel in Illinois, but it is, um, it's really cool. It's really old. It was built in like the 1800s. And um, it um, it has a lot of like haunted history there. And I was there for like a week when, uh, you know, in November. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how some of these hotels have a lot of history. Um, I'll probably like each episode that we do, I'll probably like give a little story about some haunted hotels I've been to. Because I think I've been to enough to cover each episode. But the first one was a really cool one I did when I visited Austin, Texas. Um, so they made the gas station from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They made that into an extended stay uh, hotel. Oh, so, wow. That's super cool. Yeah. So basically what they did. Do they, do they serve barbecue there? Yes, they actually did serve barbecue. <laughs> of course. That's awesome. Yeah. I went, I went down with a couple of my friends and my lady. And um, so we stayed at the. Yeah, at the gas station. So basically, they have like the gas station. They have it. It looks about the same as it did in the movie when you from the high from where you see it, um, except mm-hmm. like in a little corner, it has some little bit more like um, memorabilia from Texas Chainsaw, and then it has the um, the truck that they used in the movie as well. And then when you go inside, there's like a ton of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there's a bunch of like different horror toys, like memorabilia. Like they really went all out in that place, like T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. And oh, wow. they, they actually do, they're also a barbecue pit as well. So they cook their own barbecue there. And it was, it was pretty good. Um, you got to be careful where you eat though, because like there's like a shit ton of flies around there. Um, but then, I, but, but what they did was they built some like log cabins like behind it. And so there was about like four, I think there's about four or five log cabins behind there. And they were pretty nice. Like they're like, they have a nice bed, TV and everything and it was pretty crazy like we stayed there like i think it was like two nights and then we also went to like downtown austin to the party a little bit but like the, the only i mean it wasn't like too creepy around there but the only the creepiest part is when we did get there at nighttime like there was like spider webs everywhere and i don't know what's going on that night but there was a shit ton of coyote like i heard the coyotes like they were like loud they feel like they were like gonna come and chase you down so, but the place is pretty cool. I, I recommend anybody, you know, who wants to travel to like, you know, movie historical spots. That's definitely a, a cool place to go to will be the gas station from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's not actually in Austin. It's like, it's like on a city, like right outside Austin, but it's like, it's like 15 minutes from like the downtown area. So definitely a cool stay. Is that where it originally was? Like, uh, was that movie filmed near Austin? Yes. So I, I mean... I don't know exactly where it was filmed. I mean, I know it's in Texas, but I don't know if it's like, yeah. you know. I don't think it was exactly in Texas. Texas. I don't remember the exact part, but it was very close to Austin because mm. the gas station was in that spot. And then the the house, I can't remember if they, I don't think they moved the house. But I know they, I know they made the house into an extended stay and the house is not in Austin. It's in somewhere else. Like, but it's like, it's pretty close as well. 
yeah, the original. I was going to ask you if you'd been to the original house. The original house was moved. So oh, that's why it was bought, moved. Yeah, yeah. Somebody bought the original house and moved it, and now yeah. it's now it's a restaurant or like a bed and breakfast or something. Mm-hmm. There's like a YouTube um, tour of the of of that building now, and it looks just like it did, except obviously it's cleaned up. There's not yeah. like chicken bones and shit everywhere, yeah. but. <laughs> But, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it looks just like it did. I mean, it was really cool. Um, I mean, it would be really cool. It's one of the places I'd like to visit someday yeah. if I ever go down to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one. I was planning on doing it until, until life happens and, you know, I'm here and stuff, but you know how, you know how that goes, but maybe one day, exactly. maybe, Hey, maybe one day we'll grab up that Trans Am. We'll take a, we'll take a uh, ride to my old stomping grounds of Texas and see what happens. You never know. But, you know, it's also, too, yeah. is, so speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we will get into this, there's a lot of similarities in certain ways to Motel Hell and Texas Chainsaw Massacre in certain parts. Yeah. But before we get into all that, let's talk about some of the uh, history stuff that happened around the release date of Motel Hell. And the release date is October 18th, 1980. Hey, Allison, can you believe this? So the last three reviews that we did have all happened in the 1980s. Pretty crazy. Because, like, you know... Well, well our, our show is about the 1980s, James. Well, no, no. I mean, like, well, our, our show is about oh, the whole... Oh, you mean in the yeah. 1980s specifically? Yes, yes, oh, specifically. Yeah. Right, yeah, I get yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, because we do, like, the whole 80s era, you know what I mean? I mean, like, sometimes, you know, we right. bounce back and forth. Like, sometimes we do, like, 84, 83... And it's and like most of the time, like we don't even we just pick the movie. We don't actually know the release date. We just know it was in the eighties. You know, mm. it just so happened that our last three was all in nineteen eighty itself. So and actually they're all pretty close together too. So it's pretty crazy. But yeah, this one dropped in October eighteenth, nineteen eighty. Um, I guess I'll go first because um, I have some stuff to talk about on music, and then you have some stuff to talk about in the pro wrestling, brother. Yeah, I got the wrestling. Yep. But the first one I got. I'm going to get this one out of the way. Because I'm not... I have a love and hate relationship with this band. I don't know why. But I do have a couple stories about them. So... I can't wait for this. Yeah. We talked about this band before on the Retro Blood. So, around October 24th, 1980, this album was supposed to drop. But it got pushed back to November 11th, 1980. And this was the Aerosmith Greatest Hits album. Oh, yes. So they're already doing their greatest hits around 1980s, so they must have been rocking in the 70s. Um, but of course, you know, Aerosmith, we talked about this before, one of the biggest bands, still one of the biggest bands out there. Um, but like two little facts I liked about Aerosmith was one of them, like my first introduction to Aerosmith was on the Wayne's World movies. That's, uh, that's how I found out about the band. Do you remember your first experience with the Aerosmith? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, or if, if I've told you privately, but um, when I was growing up, most of my, like, I don't have any brothers and sisters. So most, just about all of my music tastes when I was little um, came from my cousins who were about 10 years older than me. Um, so they were like, you know, like when I was like five, they were like 15. So I listened to a lot of seventies rock uh, and rock and metal, hard rock and metal, I guess you could say. So, you know, I heard like Aerosmith's 1970s stuff, you know, when I was like five or so. And that, you know, I got into Kiss and because just they just looked cool. Kiss just looked cool. 
And <laughs> something about seeing that, you know, at five years old just strikes you as, as just. Were you a big, uh, were you a big really fan when Kiss did that mo- a Monday night, Monday night Nitro, uh, concert? Remember that? I do remember that. Um, it's the greatest, then, uh, it's the greatest band in the world. Kiss. Yeah. That was like 1999 or 2000. <laughs> yeah. But they had the demon character. Like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. They had like, they had completely like. By that point, no, I was not a fan anymore. But like they, uh-huh. w- by that point, they had just gotten off. They had just done their reunion tour with Peter and Ace like five years before that. But I think by that point, they'd fired both of them. Mm-hmm. So they just had stand-ins playing their parts, essentially. Um, so it seemed very old and tired at that point. Yeah, um, but yeah, Aerosmith though. <laughs> I, <got> her, <laughs> I did hear a lot of Aerosmith growing up, like as a little kid. Um, but by this point, um, Aerosmith in 1980, their career was basically over because they had like, mm. um, st- like most of them, especially Joe Perry and Steven Tyler, kind of ruined their careers with their drug addictions. And um, they, I'm sure that Greatest Hits album was released so that their record company could just make some money off of their name because I don't know if they were even recording new material at that point. Yeah. But they were about to get back together, though. So, like, five years later, they would, after they all got a rehab, they would get back together and record an album with the original members again. But, yeah, that's what was happening, I'm sure, at that point, was, like, their record label was, like, this is trying to make some money off of the music they've already recorded. Yeah. And another cool um, little side note um, about Aerosmith that the uh, the comic nerd in me really likes is the, did you know, on the original Spider-Man cartoon, the one from uh, 1990, that the member of Aerosmith, Joe Perry, he did the theme song? I actually found that out pretty recently. Yeah. And I thought that was really weird that, you know, the Spider-Man, that Spider-Man, that, that song. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really, really weird. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I was like doing like some of my research on it because I've been, you know, getting back into it from watching the new Spider-Man and everything. And I was like, found out that I found that out. I was like, oh, okay, I, I never knew that before. So I thought that was pretty, pretty cool little hidden fact there. Uh, but moving on, another band who actually released an album uh, about eight days before Motel Hell dropped was a band I wasn't too familiar with. John, you might be. But um, I was actually listening to them, and they're actually pretty good. Like they're like um, kind of like this like seventies like I guess they're seventies stoner rock and stuff. I'm not really sure how to classify them, but um, the band's called Thin Lizzy. You ever heard of them before? Uh, dude, I am a huge Thin Lizzy fan. Oh yeah, bro. I was listening oh, to yeah. man. They're pretty good. So they released their album Chinatown October tenth, nineteen eighty. And like I was like listening to him, I was like, man, this is like this is some Transam driving music. Like I can listen to this whole album just like chill out. Like these guys oh, are yeah. like really good. Yeah, that shit was made for the Transam. I yeah. love Thin Lizzy. Like we'll listen to this when we get into the Transam one of these days, going somewhere. We'll listen to some Thin Lizzy, and I'll I'll uh, I'll teach you about. Th- yeah because i only listen they're dual guitars yeah so good yeah i was like man like this is like this is this is some good shit like this is some shit that people would like now like this is some stuff that like a lot of bands would probably like copy nowadays you know because like a lot of times like a lot of these any bands will try to copy at least um this kind of style like i have a friend that would really like this um band but um i was listening to their their song chinatown which is obviously the 
the the single, and then I was listening to that one where the it was um oh god what was it called hold on a second let me pull it up the genocide the killing of the buffalo that one's a really good song too so yeah definitely everybody check it out uh, it's the thin lizzie um chinatown 1980 version this is definitely something i'd be rocking into the trans am heading up to our hotel stay you know it is a swingers party over there so i'm ready to go all right yeah yeah right it yeah. Is. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything else to say about thin lizzie before we move on to the wrestling um, I would say that um, by this point, Thin Lizzy was starting to burn out. Um, Phil Phil Lynott died a few years later. Oh, wow. So this is like near the end of – he was the singer and songwriter for them. But uh, Thin Lizzy is one of those bands – to me, they're like they're like a guy's band kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like ZZ Top is a guy's band. I don't know how to – I don't know. That's probably a sexist thing for me to say. It's one of those things you can't say these days. Yeah. But like, you know, like it has the heavy guitars, the dual lead guitars, and then like all the songs are about women who done you wrong, mm-hmm. um, mostly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thin Lizzy is a fantastic and underrated band that a lot of more people should listen to. Do you think our boy Bruce from this movie was li- listening to some Thin Lizzy? Oh, I bet he owned the entire <laughs> discography of Thin Lizzy. Because, you know, a, got, a lot of girls are doing him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he's doing himself wrong. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Ain't that true? All right, what'd you got on the wrestling? So on the wrestling, um, what there show, wasn't a whole lot. What show are we going to get what? to before I do our stay? Um, well, we actually have two choices. One is a uh, WWF house show in Rochester, New York, at the War Memorial um, Auditorium. Um, the... Uh, which had Johnny Rods on it again. But the main event of that um, was Pedro Morales defeating um, Ken Patera. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, obviously, obviously not the A show Yeah, no. at this point. Um, but the better show was in Toronto with, uh, I believe it was called Maple Leaf Wrestling was this promotion. So this is interesting. <clears throat> so the big match that stuck out to me on this was um, Greg Valentine, who was the NWA United States champion was defeated by sweet Ebony diamond. So James, yeah. do you have any stories or any idea who sweet Ebony diamond is? Man. Okay. So my wrestling, don't, look now, it up. don't cheat on that. Don't okay. cheat. So I, obviously I know who, um, you said it was Jimmy Valentine, right? No, no, he was fighting, um, Greg Valentine. Greg if Valentine. If you get this, yes. I'll, I'll if you get this, I'll lose my damn mind. But okay, go ahead. What's the name again? Sweet, sweet Ebony Diamond. Shit. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Ebony Diamond. Fine. There okay. are some clues in his name, but not yes. very many. Okay. I'm gonna go with um Oh god, hold on, hold on. What's his name? Is it the former Coco Beware? No. Damn it. No. So do you want another guess or do you want to move on? I got one. Oh God, who, trying, the name escapes me right now, but I have one other person. Um, okay. Junkyard Dog. No. Damn it. Who is it? But it's you're close, but kind of close because Junkyard. So this, so Sweet Ebony Diamond wrestled under a mask, which, um, you know, which I think that name kind of just, 
kind of says that, but he wrestled yeah. under a mask, kind of like Junkyard Dog did when he was fired from um, Mid South. Yeah, but I'm not sure the storyline for this, but Sweet Ebony Diamond is um, Rocky Johnson. Rocky Johnson, under damn, a, under a mask. Wow. Oh, that's so right. That he did pretty, do some stuff in Canada. Amazing. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. And one of these matches, I'm not sure if it's actually this match because the quality of it is really bad. I found on YouTube um, part of the match, and I'll send that over to you so you can put it up on the Facebook page. But um, it's hard to tell even what room they're in. The quality <laughs> of it is so bad, but um, it was definitely from this era, and it was from the same promotion, and it was from the same feud. So that would be kind of cool. So I think that we should take the Trans Am up to, to Toronto and see the Sweet Ebony Diamond versus uh, Greg Valentine match. Yeah, I bet that was a pretty good one because, you know, both of them can go. Do you know what the finish was? Uh, no, he won by he, uh, Greg Valentine or, uh, excuse me, um, Sweet Ebony Diamond won by DQ. Ooh, the good old DQ finish. But back in the day, man, they do those DQs yeah. all the time. That was just like yeah, our normal day. Yeah, because you want your face to win, which was, you know, Sweet Ebony was Rocky Johnson was the face, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But you don't want that title to change. So, because the title brings money and the heel needs to have it. So the faces need to be chasing the title and the heels need to have it. Um, but yeah, obviously, for the people out there, Rocky Johnson is the Rock's dad. Mm -hmm. um, and they do have some similarities. Like, I've never seen a lot of Rocky Johnson wrestling, but they do have some similarities in how they move and the kind of stories they tell in the ring. It's kind of interesting to watch and compare that to uh, to The Rock. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I've seen a couple of Rocky Johnson matches. Like, his, like, smoothness, him and The Rock are very, very, like, very smooth. Um, Rocky Johnson did a little bit more like the, uh, kind of like the Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, moving around, oh, air boxing and yeah. stuff like, like that. And Rock didn't really do too much. But when it comes to the actual, like, wrestling moves and stuff and selling... They were they were pretty close, yeah. So, so I mean that was really it. I mean the main event of that show was, uh, um, the uh, great Hussein Arab defeating Dewey Robertson in a no DQ no time limit match. Oh, that's an interesting. I'm not, one. I'm not I'm not really sure who either one of those guys are, so I didn't really mention that. Yeah, uh, that have been. Uh, hey, you know what? There's a main event in any country. There is. Was it Hussein? Was he the heel? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> of course, he Probably. was. Was he as a, was he was he as big of a heel as our boy Vincent was? No, Vincent's the biggest heel of all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's some pretty cool stuff on the uh, the rest. I mean, you know, we see you can't go wrong with seeing a really cool um, Rocky Johnson match. Of course, Greg Valentine is a good wrestler as well too. He probably had a shiny robe going on at that time as well. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, definitely it's a pretty, pretty fun little era we got going over here. And of course, October, Halloween month as well, too. So a lot of stuff to do around the release of Ho Motel Hell. But um, let's get into it. Let's get into the, the Motel Hell. Let's get into our stay. Let's check in to room six something. I, actually, you know what's funny about this hotel? Like, every time you would they, they would go to the hotel, it said no vacancies. So I was like, right. what the fuck? Like, this is supposed to be a hotel. Like, you guys are always... But people were always... They were always stopping there, though, somehow. Yeah, like, maybe like two people. But anyway, let's get into the motel. We're about to check into <laughs> this. We're going to check into this hotel. Anybody doesn't have any no vacancies. I'm going to his hotel, this garden, whatever. Let's get into it. <laughs> 
You may never again spend a night away from home. After you spend a night with Ida and Vincent. Ida will show you the way. You want us to uh, register? No, that won't be necessary. Terrifying nightmare could never prepare you for what happens to the guest. Hey, Vincent, you think in the years to come people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? I have a surprise for you. Oh, goody, I love surprises. One after another, they come. fucking movie <laughs> like i have a lot of problems with this <laughs> i have a lot of problems too like so okay so here's how i first found about this movie okay right so my girlfriend she when i first was dating her she's like hey i got like because i was you know <laughs> okay this it's kind of a long story but it's a short i'll make it short so and i'll promote myself as well too so I have like I have these uh I have these YouTube skits that I do, uh, um, mm-hmm. because I already told people before on the channel I have a YouTube channel called Makeshift Kings. Everybody check it out. Yeah, make, yeah. Make sure you get yourself over there, brother. I had, but I'm all about getting myself over. I'm gonna get myself over more than our boy Bruce over here. Okay, and I'm gonna get a case by doing it. All right, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so. I was filming this. I have a part on that Makeshift Kings, and I have a series, a YouTube series, a comedy one. It's called Alexander Miroslav. And basically, the gimmick of that series is he he is like a French demon hunter, and he goes out there and he, he, he captures monsters. Like, he goes out and finds, like, rare monsters, and then instead of killing him, he takes their soul by playing them chess. So it's a very goofy... Uh, I try to make it very, like, reality, the kind of like a Trader Park Boy type of shot where, you, like, you know, you break the third wall all the time. And one of the monsters that one of my characters killed, because I have this other character, his name is Charles Rufus, who comes out and he um, he interrupts Mirashop Shlow, and he's like his main rival. And one of the one of the demons that he killed was a pig, 
a pig monster. And that pig mm-hmm. head we got from this movie. And so my girlfriend oh, had the pig head this whole time, and she's never seen the movie. And she was like, hey, I got this pig head from this movie. You should watch it. So I'm thinking when I'm going to be watching this Motel Hell that the main villain is going to be like this pig demon chainsaw massacre dude. And it wasn't. The guy only showed you up for like he only showed up for like fucking two <laughs> minutes. All right, I was like, "What? Is, what's going on here? Like, this is not what I was expecting." But uh, so, when you watched it this time, was it the first time you'd seen it? Yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen this. Yes. Okay. All right. I knew about the um, movie, like because we had that costume. You know, I knew about right. it, but I never actually physically watched it before until like I thought like you know since we were coming up with ideas to do for January um I thought the hotel would be kind of a cool little thing and I was like okay hotel motel hell might as well start it off hot with something but kind of boy did we yeah <laughs> so let's get into it so this is made by Camp Hill Productions you ever I know you're really good about like production companies John you ever heard of Camp Hill Production uh, I don't know who this company is. I do know a lot about the director, though, but I do not know about this production company. Okay. Yeah, we could talk um, about the director like later or whenever you want. Okay. But uh, let's see. Um, so, okay. No, go ahead. I was going to say like the I I so I so it was distributed by United Artists, so it got like big. It was pushed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was like it, this was not like an underground movie. By I don't think by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it went to main theaters. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it did go to main theaters, and it did pretty good in box office. I think it said they did like 3.6 million dollars at the box office. So during that time, you know, it probably did pretty well. Um, this this movie is definitely um, coming off the success from Chain- Texas Chainsaw Massacres because you can tell that it took a couple elements. From Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now it's not as raw and gritty and as like serious, but it took like if you took like parts of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you made a bunch of comedy one-liners, this is pretty much what you we would get. Yeah, I mean the wiki says that it's a satire of of movies like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I can kind of see that now. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just like almost a direct ripoff. Yeah. Of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in many, many ways, um, but not just the hotel and not just the other plot elements. But if it's not a satire of, of those type of movies, then it's definitely, definitely ripped off because I mean, but it's weird though, because movies like that weren't like ubiquitous as they are now, you know, they weren't everywhere So you know, like the slasher movie was not old. I mean, it was not new, or excuse me, it was not old at that point. It was new, like yeah, you know, like um, Halloween wasn't the first slasher movie, but it was the the first big slasher movie, and that was only two years before this. So you know, it would be weird for it to be a satire of these things. So I don't know. I don't understand. I would like to see some interviews with some people who made this to see what they were thinking. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, we've had some comedy in horror movies. You know what I mean, like. There's been some comedy elements in it, but this one, maybe it's just like the dialogue or something, which is very, very interesting. But uh, yeah, it has to be intentionally funny. Like it has to be. Yeah, definitely. So we start off the movie with our main character, Vincent, and he is like this old dude, this old farmer guy, and he's just like typical like farmer, old guy, very clean shaven. You know, dark hair, 
looking guy smoking a pipe he's looking around we can see like the uh there's like a it says motel and it says hell but it's like the o keeps flashing on and off so it's supposed yeah. to say motel hello but it keeps flashing on and off to be funny yep um he's around there um so we hear like this like he goes inside and we hear like this thing yelling this person yelling this thing like this person yelling and he was just walking around the hotel grabbing his gun and some shot he grabbed like a shotgun and some shells he goes and check on and we see some person laying down and we see this preacher in the background this guy's like going off like he is just going off on this freaking tv preacher and uh, then we see a sign at this hotel saying, you know, no vacancies. And this is going to be like a, a common occurrence. So, so yes, we are in a hotel. Okay, obviously we could tell it's like a rundown hotel. And this, this for some reason, this hotel like, never has any rooms open. But there is a reason. So we have the the farmer guy. He's now in his red truck. Our boy um, uh, uh, Ricky would be happy. Vincent. Oh yeah, you know because right. the red exactly. truck, Ricky, like that. You like how I'm going back. Okay. Yeah, I like how you go back to the archives like that. See, see, I remember, I remember things that we talked about before. Unlike certain other programs, hasn't Monday Night mm, Raw. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. it's uh, continuity means nothing there. Yeah, exactly. So we drive by a sign that says "Farmer Vincent's Smoke Meats." This is it. Yeah. What smoke a tagline. What a tagline, though. It's like, smoke me. <laughs> smoke meets, this is it. Like, this is this it. This is it. Like, this is it? Or, like, what? what this, this is only it. This is the only meats you need to be smoking is these meats. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. That, yeah. And we'll find out what the meats are pretty soon. So, we see, like, this. Okay, this, is, this part is a little funny. So, we have a guy and a girl. Okay? And they're driving on a motorcycle. And this guy, he looked a little older. Um, he kind of looked like if, like, the Fonz, like, you know, got a little aged. Maybe, like, a 50, 55-year-old Fonz, you know, with a beard. Mm-hmm. And he had some hot blonde behind him. And they're driving everything, and they crash. Now, at first, I was like, okay, so because we have Vincent, he's kind of, like, in the woods, like, creeping up on him, kind of, like, watching this whole motorcycle. And the motorcycle crashed. Now, Allison, I might have missed this, but like, did you hear like a gunshot go off when this crashed, or no? Um, I don't remember if I heard the gunshot or not, but I was definitely under the impression that he shot the, the tires out. Yeah, I yeah I knew that. Too. Well, I was kind of confused because I was watching it, but I didn't hear no gunshot. You know, I thought the guy just ran over some traps, but then you know later on we find out that there was some gunshots on there. But I, that part maybe it was just me. I didn't notice it, but basically, you know. The tire gets blown out, they fall and everything, and then they crash. And then um, the Fon, the older Fonz dude is all blacked out. The girls, um, you know, they're both pretty much injured. Uh, Vincent, mm-hmm. farmer boy, goes up to him, puts some gas on his ass, puts some gas on him, and then throws him in the back of the trailer. Or the, the, not the trailer. Throws him back of the red truck. And then he sees the, uh, the blonde, and she's like, in and out of consciousness and he takes her and puts her in the truck too so mm, he's already yeah. the guy's in. name sorry, the guy's name Bo and the blonde is named Terry yes Bo our boy Bo and then Terry Bo yep 
Alright, so then after this, uh, well, by the way, um, <laughs> like, I don't know if this is like an 80s thing, but like, they're wearing some like ski goggles. Did you notice that? Like, they weren't wearing no helmets, they were just like, wearing these like fucking huge ski goggles. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, a lot of bikers wear, you know, obviously, you know, uh, face shields, but back then, like, you know, or like even now, if you, ha- if you're, on your bike, if your if your helmet doesn't have a face shield, you'll wear like sunglasses or goggles or something. But yeah, I thought that was weird. They were just wearing like ski goggles. They weren't even like specifically motorcycle goggles. They were like ski goggles. Yeah. So then we have Vincent. He brings Terry inside the hotel. We see this girl, who we we later find out that it's um, Vincent's sister, Ida. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say that they are on the southern side of uh, uh the craziness uh so he walks in and i was like what the hell what are you doing with this person and stuff and then she's like i gotta help her out i gotta put her into this room and she's kind of like why are you bringing her in here and, and he's just like go get the you know go get the towels and go get something for me to help out this girl so he puts terry in the bed um he and then um vincent goes on saying like so Vincent does a lot of like preacher talking when he does his dialogue. So he's mm-hmm. basically saying like, I cannot have this delicate flower be gone to the ripper. She has to be preserved and saved, you know, because she's a delicate flower. And then Ida's looking at her and I'm like, you know, why do we have to keep this girl around? So, and then like the dialogue in this movie is like, it's very like, I wouldn't say puns, but it's very like. How do you explain the dialogue in this one? Is it kind of like puns in a way, or? It's kind of yeah, kind of yeah. like I was trying to think of a way to to describe it. It's it's almost it's satirical in a way, but it's like. It's not. It, I don't know. It's hard to describe without actually like giving an example. But they're like, they're not jokes. Like you can tell that what he's saying is supposed to be serious in the world they live in. Mm-hmm. But but it sounds funny, and it has to be intentional. Like it's just really, it's really strange. It's really strange the way it's written, the the whole movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I would put it into words without without like playing an example of something that he was saying. Yeah, I'll try to put in a couple like clips so you guys can like, you know, get the dialogue and see what we mean like. It's just a weird, like, it sounds like this movie is like, okay, we got to find, like, these, like, very um, dragged out puns or something. But we're back, and we're, now this is the next morning, so the, the hotel is open, and we have the, uh, a family checking in. And he has the kids around there everywhere. And then Vincent, not only does he have a hotel, but he also sells meats, because this is Vincent's, you know, he has famous meats. So he mm-hmm. is is letting this uh, couple try out some of his beef jerky. Are you a big beef jerky fan? I'm Allison? a huge beef jerky fan. I love beef jerky. Would you like some Vincent's beef jerky? Um, I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> Although, you know, once you put enough spices on it, probably just, it probably tastes fine. Well, boy, boy, Bruce, he's supposed to be the biggest uh, meat lover there is. So we'll see him pretty soon. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. Bruce loves the meat, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Ich wollte sagen, leave Dreckiger. <lacht> so those, okay, so when um, Vincent is given the, the, the couple, they're letting them uh, try out some of his meat. We have these two little girls who look like they're sh like should be in The Shining. Mm -hmm. And they're like walking around and then they go to the barn. And then they're walking around this barn and there's there's like like pig guts everywhere. Pig bodies, pig heads, pig guts like everywhere. And they try to open up part of the door. Some of the pig like fly out of them because they're on like those little pig hooks. And they run out, and yeah. then we finally see one shot, one shot only, until the end of the movie, of the pig man, the pig danger man. Yep. Which is weird, though, because, well, I don't want to spoil everything, even though most of you guys probably saying it anyway, but, like, we had the pig man here, right? And we found out later that the pig man was Vincent, but who the fuck was this pig man? Because Vincent was giving those people meat. Yeah, I thought this pig man was Ida, but... Okay, maybe. maybe. Okay, yeah, you're right. It could have been her. So I guess they share the pig head. I guess the pig head yeah. must be some sort of like, like symbol of. Well, I don't even know what. A, <laughs> I don't even know what. Well, it's I mean, it to. looks terrifying. I mean, you know that that they look scary as shit. It's the cell um, gimmick. Pigs are, are kind of scary. They they really are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I get I have it. Lots but... of logistical issues with the pig head, but. Um, we'll yeah. get to those when we get to the end of the movie. Well, the problem I had with it was, okay, we get it that they're butchers and stuff. They make meat. But, like, they didn't torture people. They, like, they didn't, like, capture people with the pig head on. They didn't, like, like trick them with the pig head on. The pig head was just, like, there for, like, two scenes. Like, I don't... Like, it didn't really have... I. It, it was, like, a gimmick that they didn't really explore upon. That's, that's pretty much right. what I'm saying. So... The we get the the couple with the kids. The kids are screaming, right? They're like screaming back to their parents, and they jump in the car. And then Vincent's like, "Hey, uh, I'll calm them down." And he starts screaming at them. <laughs> that part was pretty funny. <laughs> and then like they they drive off. He's like, "Hey, have a nice day." Then he washes his hand and he goes on to his nice brand new yellow tractor. All right. So he's also a farmer Which was guy. Beautiful. Too. It was beautiful. That thing yeah. was pretty nice. Yeah, I like really like old them. tractors too. Um, I, I actually really like old tractors. That thing was gorgeous. Yes. Um, so he also goes and he's doing his tractor and he also goes into a, it's kind of like a barn that has like some lease on it. So it's kind of like a hidden barn. So he goes in there and um, then we have a cop that shows up and this cop, his name is Bruce. And so mm -hmm. Bruce is actually the, He's the younger brother of Vincent and Ida. Yeah. And his story was that he um, lived with them until he was about 11 years old, and then he ran away. Now, we didn't get any explanation why he ran away. We don't know who the parents are. We just heard this through passing. But he still comes and visits his um, his brother all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, of and course, he's a sheriff. He's a sheriff. And what a weird guy, too. Like, this guy, there's not something right with him. Maybe it's all the meat he eats. <laughs> so he rings. Maybe. So he rings and he comes in. Um, he basically is like the sheriff, normal sheriff type cowboy hat on. You know, typical cop, everything. Um, and then he, we have Ida, she's hiding from Bruce. And then they start, like, attacking each other. So they're kind of, like, playing around with each other. All right. Mm-hmm. 
so then after this, um, we have like the Terry, she walks in and she's kind of like, you know, confused where she's at and everything. Um, and then, so Terry walks in and then, you know, Vincent's in the room too. So Vincent comes in, um, we have Vincent, we have Bruce and we have Ida. And this is when Terry, she walks in and at first, um, you know, they're just saying, Oh, glad you're waking up and everything. And then I, and then, um, Terry goes straight up to Bruce and is like, Hey, I'm not really sure where I'm at and everything. I don't know what happened. What, what happened to Bo and everything? And then Vincent's like, well, um, I'm sorry to, to tell you this, but Bo, he passed away this morning. And and Terry's like, well, wh- what are you talking about? He passed away. Like, wh- where is he and stuff? I was like, well, I can't really bring it to you because I already buried him outside. And, and like, I buried him in the pasture. And yep, I already buried him because that's what you do. Yeah, and then she's like, well, what made you have the right to bury him and stuff? And then Bruce is like, well, in our county, if, if there is like a, a probable cause, you can just bury somebody out there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. And so at first, like, one okay. of the many. Go ahead. One of the many logistical problems with this movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's possible that that's a real law somewhere, but that's pretty crazy. Like, you know, so they they just buried him overnight because he was dead. Yeah. So they just buried him in the in the in the yard with yeah. a, with a made a gravestone for him. Yeah, and of course, you know what really happened was Vincent is using people for for body parts and meats. Yeah, exactly. So he's coming That's up with a lie. Meats. Yes. So he's coming up with a, a lie. You can kind of tell like right away watch this movie. So at first, I'm thinking, okay, so Vincent, Ida, and the sheriff are all in it together. Kind of like how the in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the whole family was in on it. They were, they were in on Leatherface killing people and, you know, cooking them. You know, just like in this right. movie. But... It turns out that Bruce, he ain't the smartest tool in the shed, if you know what I mean. No, he is definitely not. He is less smart than the other people in the family, for sure. Yes. Okay, so now Terry just, like, wants us to go see the grave. And they're like, okay, well, I'll go take you to it. And then, at this time, Bruce was like, hey, Vince, how come you, like, you didn't tell me this was going on? And Bruce was, And Vince was like... I just didn't want to show the girl, like, the guy was all messed up, his face was all messed up and everything, I just didn't want to break her heart and everything, so I just thought it'd be a dehumane thing to do, is by putting him in the grave, and Bruce is like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea, don't yeah. call an ambulance or anything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's probably dead. So, Vince is, um, he also said, he also was giving Bruce of how he found the girl, he found her, you know, laying around and stuff, broken and stuff, and I was just trying to take her in. And apparently, Bo and Terry were about to get married as well. Yeah, so they're about to get married. Um, he shows the gravestone, and then Terry decides to stay at the hotel for some reason. Yeah, so basically, like, this is a weird scene. So we're back in the hotel. Terry is sitting down with Vince and Ida, and she's going on like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm not sure why I'm here right now. Like, I'm not even sure what I should do. I was you know, trying to make my whole life with this bow guy. And uh, I don't know if I should go back home or not. And then Vincent and I are like, no, nah, just stay here. Like, you know, we'll take care of you. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that you're good to go whenever you want to leave. But you should just stay here. We'll take good care of you. You're you're like a little angel. We need to take care of you and stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, these guys are kind of nice. I'll just stay here then. 
Let's, let's, I'll just live here at the motel. Yeah. The so, motel, hello. So Terry is... Okay, I can... I guess she... There's no, like, really backstory to a lot of these characters. So sometimes you gotta, like, create your own. So I'm guessing there's, is... There's not backstory to any of these characters. <laughs> no. So my guess is she ran away from home with this Bo character... And then now that he's dead, she doesn't want to go back home, but she really likes this nice couple because the nice couple, they seemed like really nice, like older couple, you know, like older guy and girl. And she really, she, you could tell Terry really likes how Vince like treats her. Like he treats her like, like kind of like his, his daughter in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause, Cause he I, is dramatically older. Yes. And and I'm not that kind of guy. Like I mean, there's, I feel like these days, especially like these days. Uh, but um, you know, I feel like these days there's like this huge like throwback, uh, th- uh, like a uh, blowback against like um, uh, people in um, relationships where the age is dramatically different. Um, but this is dramatically different. Like Vincent yeah. has to be in his fifties at least. Yeah. Now he's a fit guy, but probably because he does all that farming. But yeah, yeah, something. And but carrying bodies, you know, you burn a lot of calories when you're doing that. Yep. Yep. No, definitely do it. Um. So yeah. So basically, he convinces her to stay, and he says there's no trouble at all. So now it's in the morning time, and we have a car drive up, and it's an inspection. And it's an inspection from our boy Bob. I guess Bob is like from like the health committee where he checks to make sure that everything is sanitary. And yeah. he meets up with Vincent. Or Vincent kind of scares him for a little bit. And then he meets up with Vincent. And Vincent's like, oh, hey, Bob, go ahead, make yourself at home. Am I doing the voice right? I'm trying to sound like these characters, like these. It, 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 that's pretty much exactly how that line's delivered. <laughs> And Bob is kind of like, I will check out these pigs and make sure everything is sanitary. <laughs> uh, well, he's like the the um, yeah he he's yeah he checks to make sure that the pigs are healthy and that they're living in sanitary conditions, and then that I guess that the uh the meat processing section is clean enough or whatever. Yeah, but you know what's like weird about Bob though. Like, like he always like looked like he was always like very like nosy. Like he, you know, he was in the pig pen looking around, but then like he had to go to the barn. Like he wanted to know what's in this barn, and he was almost in the barn until Vincent scares him with like a butcher knife and everything. And then the guy like falls down in mud and stuff, and he leaves. But then like you know he comes back because like I mean I guess he maybe he suspected something. It was just kind of weird with the Bob character. Like he would just like maybe he didn't like Vincent or something. It's weird. It, it is really odd. This well, everything in this movie is odd. But I think that, um, yeah. I mean, I think I don't. I don't know that he didn't like Vincent. I think that he's trying to he's trying to inspect everything, and Vincent's obviously trying to keep him out of the bar. Yeah. So, um, going back to Terry. So, Vince and Ida always called her the child. Hey, child. Here you go, child. Thank you, child. Mm-hmm. Like, we we literally didn't even get Terry's name until, like, almost the end of the movie. It was pretty crazy. Right. So, like, half my notes are, like, saying the child. <laughs> which is really weird. <laughs> right. Which is really weird because when I talk about this one part of the movie, 
that's going to sound really bad. So good thing that we found out what her name was. <laughs> <laughs> and they called her the blessed yeah, child. It's good that they told us that by the end of the movie. Yes, exactly. Or else this podcast would have gone into a very weird direction. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. So then we get so we got uh, Vincent. He's outside again, just roaming around. And then we had the car pulled up. It's Bob again. So Bob is back. And then Bob, he's looking around. So that gate I was talking about earlier, that one that's all in the camouflage, Bob has now entered that gate. And this is a very Uh-oh. funny scene. So Bob is going into the gate, and he keeps hearing, like, this noise. And, like, at first I was like, it sounded like somebody was underwater. Like, it's like this weird, like, like it's not necessarily zombie, but it's like it's like almost a zombie sound. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know what you mean. So, like, he's looking. There's, like, this, like... So, basically, it's a garden. And there's, like, a bag. Like a like a, like a sack over this particular part of the garden. There's a bunch of them everywhere. And Bob's, like, looking around. And he eventually, like, like takes the sack and pulls it up. And it's a head. It's a head coming out of the ground. And it's a human head. And it's, like, going crazy, like... It's not necessarily dead like a zombie, but it's like it's a, he's still alive. But what happened was his, his throat got cut, and we had the uh, vocal cords been taken out. And but I don't. It's supposed to sound like they're underwater or something. It was kind of a weird sound for it. So Bob's looking yeah. at this thing. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I mean that's what it's supposed to be. I don't. I mean I don't know what. You know when you get your vocal cords cut, I don't know what the. I don't even know if you can cut somebody's vocal cords without killing them, but yeah. you know, it's like a movie thing. So, but yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be like, they're, they're just like, um, you know, they have garbled sounds cause they can't talk because they don't have vocal cords, I guess. But so they all sound like zombies. Yeah. So Bob, he's like literally staring at this head for like ever. Like he is just like, what the hell is going on? This head's like going crazy. And I thought this part, you know, with the heads in the ground, I thought that part was pretty creepy because you know, sometimes in like horror movies I like trying to put myself in like the victim's shoes you know to kind of like get the feel of it and that would suck yeah. like that would be like a really crazy semi-realistic something that somebody could do you know what I mean like if they're you know keep you out like kill your vocal cords keep you like buried up and stuff I thought that part was pretty creepy so that part in the movie definitely was like a little creepy but basically Vincent yeah. comes behind Bob knocks him out with a shovel and in, in our in our boy Vincent's line, he's like, another spot check, Bob. And he smiles. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so now he doesn't have to worry about Bob anymore. Um, you know, coming to, you know, to uh, surprise visit the farm. Yeah. To get up to my favorite part of the uh, entire movie. Oh, yeah? Okay. So... <laughs> So during this part, we have like a van and it's like speeding down. All right. And the van, the van is like all decked out with like this dude's face on it. And there's like a, a the band, I guess it's like a band. And the band was called Ivan and the Terribles. <laughs> yes. John, what is your favorite Ivan and the Terribles song? Oh, my favorite Ivan in the Terrible song yeah. is called um, I Kind of Wish I Wasn't Watching This Movie Now. Mine is The Russian Sickle. That's my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was their big hit, I think. Oh, that was the big one. 
And of course, of course, just like every 80s gimmick, if you name your band from a different country, you are you are not from that country. You're just some white dude from Georgia. So yep. And like, did you see like the characters in this band? Like we had like this fucking dude with like that 80s sunglasses. You know that one that kind of looks like uh, um, what's his name from Star Trek? The guy from Reading Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, the guy that played Jordy. Jordy, yeah. You know his Star little Trek, visor yeah. thing. You know the little visor thing he had. Like a lot of people wear those sunglasses, and this fucking guy. His gimmick was he likes to eat cigarettes. That's what he did. He ate like the cigarette. Yeah, because that's what uh, that's what punk rockers do, right? Yeah, and this guy's like jamming out too. And then like the the driver though, like this guy, like I don't know who did the costuming, but this guy, like that was a fake beard. You can't tell me otherwise. That shit was no, like a was, fake beard. Sure. I was like, why, 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 why is this guy? I, I, I guess these are just like they're not even named. They're just like dudes. And like a dude yeah. and one girl. And I guess they're the band members. So they're driving. Of course, our boy Vincent, he he sets traps. So this this is a little interesting, too. I want to get your point on this, John. So this movie is called Motel Hell, right? Mm-hmm. But, yep, it is. But we only had like one scene, which we're going to talk about soon, that they actually captured people in the hotel. This is all like done out in the wild. Like, even when Vincent and Ida were talking, um, they were talking like, okay, they're they're talking like, okay, the work we're doing here is good. You know, I hope people can appreciate our work. You know, like normal, like serial killer, wacko, you know, when they, they, right. they, they very right. like their work. They want to have their work appreciated. They want to have their work carry on and stuff like that. And, right. and then Vincent's saying like, okay, I, I really like our creativeness of how we capture these people. But it's just weird because like he mostly captures people out in the wild. He's like... What does he even use the hotel for? Like, I guess to kind of well, lure people in. Yeah, that's I guess, but that's part of my issue with this whole movie was oh. that the hotel really has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. Like, so like that's what I was saying at the beginning and about the no vacancy sign. So, okay, so I could see it, like you know, um, a la Psycho, you could have um, the the hotel kind of bringing people to the to the. Uh, Actually, I just figured it out, and I'll explain to you in a minute. But, yeah. um, um, but so you could have people coming to the hotel, and then that's their where their victim pool comes from, sort of like what happened in Psycho unintentionally. But there's constantly there's no vacancy, so you would think that there would be a vacancy sign so people would stop there. Yeah, but I just figured out the reason that the sign says no vacancy is because in Psycho. That's what the sign said. I don't. I don't know if you've seen it in a while, but I watch it a lot, so I love that movie. Okay. So when she, when Janet Lee pulls up and then to the hotel, and then Norman Bates comes out to talk to her, she says, "Yeah, I was gonna see if I could get a room, but your sign says you have no vacancy." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, we have all the cabins open." He's like, "I just actually left that on," and he turned it off mm. so that it says vacancy. And I, I guarantee you, that's why it says no vacancy. I, got you. I guarantee you that it's a. That it's like an homage to, to to Psycho, but yeah, I mean this, this the hotel, the Motel Hell, has ab- almost nothing. I, I can't even think of anything that has to do with this plot. Like it could be completely gone. It could just be about a farm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And you, it would have been absolutely. It would have been the same exact story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're pretty much like. There's only one scene which we're about to get to that actually has like a hotel like storyline part to it. Right. But uh, 
when that van crashes with our boys Ivan and the Terribleist band members, I wonder what kind of music they are. Probably just like some sort of like, who knows? <laughs> probably some stoner rock. They're punk rockers. They've got to. They've got to be punk rockers. Oh yeah, yeah. They're probably punk. I wonder. I wonder if they hang out from the guys from New Year's Evil. Oh, who knows? Probably. But so basically, he puts his gas in the van and he knocks out everybody. And then we see that they are um, all the band members. There's about three guys and one girl. They're all buried now. They're all buried in the garden, and they're kind of loopy. So the gas that they're using is very like a kind of like a loopy gas. So they kind of get some, you know, they don't really, they can't really talk or anything, but they can, you know, they're like in and out. And this is when they were going on Vince and Ida talk about their work, make sure everything's good, and then they're they're putting needles in all the band members and they're about to slit their throats to um take out the vocal cords and then of course you know they're going on about you know what they do is hopefully be appreciated over time and vincent's big thing is he is helping out the world because he is feeding the world these nice delicate meats while depopulating the world at the same time so that's his yeah that's his perfect plan really it's a perfect plan really if you think about it yeah so yeah he's trying to help out world hunger by uh, depopulating the planet and feeding those people to other people. Okay, so now we have woken up. Now we're woken up. Now we are in the morning time, and we have Vincent, Ida, Bruce, and Terry, and we're all gonna have a nice little picnic. All right. So this is when uh, Terry's like, "Wow, your meats are really good." And then this is when Vincent goes on to the backstory of how he became a, a meat. Uh, maker. All right, he goes on. Yeah, he goes on to saying like, my my mother, uh, she used to smoke everything. Like it doesn't matter what it was, she would smoke it all the time. All right, and she was just smoking everything all the time. And I don't know. This is a weird story too. I don't know if they were joking or they were telling the truth. I couldn't really get it. But basically, they were saying was one day, Vincent. Uh, he so Granny had a dog that Vincent didn't like. So one day he smoked the dog and he fed it to the grandmother, and then the grandmother ended up liking the dog. And then Vincent told the grandmother, "Hey, you just ate your dog." And the grandma was like, "Well, it doesn't really matter because if you smoke it, I will eat it." And that was this whole story. <laughs> so I can't. I I can't I can't tell what's real in any of the any parts of this movie. Like I can't tell. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure, that's a real story. That's yeah. a real backstory of how this. Happened. But the problem with like Terry was just like, oh shit, is that true and everything? And they, they didn't say it wasn't true. I was like, okay, she's just going along with it. I guess like, okay, these guys are. She didn't think these people are nuts. Like, okay. I, well, th- that was that was what I was about to say. There are no red flags at this point. Yeah. Like, why is she still there? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, she doesn't have anywhere to go. It's like she likes this old couple, apparently. And then, um, so, so then Ida goes, "Hey, Terry." She even named her too. She probably just, "Hey, child, do you want to know hey, what child. the secret? Do you want to know what the secret ingredients is that makes these meats taste so much great?" I'm about to tell you and everything. Vince is like, oh, he's like eating something. He's like, yes. What it is is, and then he fucking, then Vince just punches the girl in the fucking gut. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then Bruce is yeah, all like, just... oh, Vince, why are you doing that? Hey, Terry, let's get out of here. And then they, and so we have, <laughs> this is true. So we have Brent, uh, Bruce and Terry, they're walking. And Terry's, all, and then Bruce is like, yeah, 
you know, they're good folks and everything, but sometimes, you know what I mean, Vince just gets a little wild and, you know what I mean? <laughs> and Tara's like, oh, that's okay. sister in the gut. <laughs> and then, yeah, it just wants to pitch your sister in the gut sometimes. You know how families can be. <laughs> and then and then he goes on like, so like, you looking to get out of here soon? And then Tara's like, no, I'm getting really used to the country. I really like, you know, the country and the air and everything. I'm getting very used to this place. I'm like, what the fuck, man? These people just talk about eating a dog and he just punched his sister and you just want to stay with these couple? Okay. So then, uh, so then Bruce is all like, um, let's see, hold on. Oh, and Bruce is like, hey, uh, do you want to go to the drive-in movie? Um, okay, I don't know if I can say this with a straight face. Our boy Bruce, you can already tell like he's try- trying to get some feelings for Terry. He's like, hey, yeah. you know, uh, later on today, do you want to go to like a drive-in movie? We have a really great movie showing. She's like, oh yeah, I could probably do that. And she didn't ask like what the movie's about or anything. He's just like, oh yeah, this is a drive-in movie. It's about a monster who challenges the world. Yeah, like, well, that's a real movie. I mean, the monster who challenges the world is a real is a real movie from like the fifties. Oh shit, that's a real movie. Yeah, it's a real movie. Okay, I thought he was just telling like the half of the plot or something. No. No, yeah, there's a movie from the 50s called uh, the, uh, the Monster That Challenged the World, which is came out like during the heyday of those 1950s monster movies, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, and I guess, it, I mean, I'm assuming that it's probably a United Artists movie and they had the right, they, you know, they were able to get the rights to show it in this movie. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's taking her to the drive in, supposedly. Yeah. So this is now back at night time. Now we have Vince and Ida. They go back to their garden. They like going to this garden a lot because this is like where their work is at. Um, so they like the they have to. Yeah, they they like the sound of what the the people make when their throats are cut. When their throat is cut, like that little like drowning zombie looking sound. They like it. So they start like feeding them. Um, I don't even know what the hell they were feeding them. They are feeding them something, I guess, to make the meat be good. Um, and then they're going on. So one of the guy, the guy with the beard, they were talking about that fake beard. They are saying that he's almost ready. So we were seeing, like, you know, basically Vincent and Ida, they're treating all these human bodies like cattle in a way. They're just trying to, like, you know, feed the cattle, make sure they're all pretty good and primed and prime and repped to be good, to be killed and eaten. Yeah. All right. yeah, they're feeding them from a funnel. Yes. So there's like a funnel attached to their heads. Yeah. And, and then they, they drop some kind of slop in there and they eat that. Yeah. And of course, they keep going on like, you know, people, we really hope people will like our work someday and they'll appreciate what our work has done. But the way they say it is like, you know, I just hope someday people will appreciate my work. And I'm just trying out here helping out everybody. I'm trying to do our boy Vincent over here with his acting. <laughs> so we have Bruce and Terry. They go to the drive-in, kind of. Okay? Kind of. <laughs> so our boy Bruce just like parks his car and then Terry's like, This don't look like no drive this don't look like no drive-in. He's all like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't I think you're right. And then he like grabs his like sheriff thing. Hey everybody, I can see you and everything. I you know, get out of here. What are you guys doing? And then, like, this is Sheriff Bruce 
from the something some county and everything they're like all these cars are scrambling this girl like runs out of her car naked for some reason this guy runs out naked then they just run back in <laughs> probably just to get some tits in the movie you know hey we gotta have our exactly. tit quota <laughs> and they all just like drive off and crash each other i guess this is supposed to be like a funny part you know I, like i think this is supposed to be funny yes but like okay i want to ask you something here allison like Mm-mm. did you laugh at any of this stuff i laughed at one scene like, like, actually really laughed. Like, not, like, laughed how it was, like, it was, like, corny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, kind of like, okay, I, you know, obviously it'd be kind of fun to talk about it, you know, laughing. But I actually laughed at, well, laughed out loud at one scene of this whole movie. I, I thought it, I mean, I laughed at how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like, and how, like, nothing in it makes any sense. The plot doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, you've written more plot for this movie than they wrote for the actual movie itself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have a backstory for Bo and Terry. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. At this point, we don't even know Terry's name. Yeah, yeah. We did not know her name. Like, this is still, we just still don't know her name. Like, yeah. And, like, nobody's saying her name until, like, the, 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 literally the the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah I, just, I mean, it's, it's crazy. On my notes, like, I just yeah, call- I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't think the movie was funny. But I don't know what I would expect either. I mean, if I watched it again, which is unlikely, if I watched it again, I might laugh at it this time because I know that it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Or I guess it's supposed to be funny, but I, that's not what I was expecting the first time. I was just kind of in awe, like in, just in like shock at what I was watching. Mostly. Yeah. And so now that we have all these horny 1980 teenagers leave their hookup spot, now it is just our boy Bruce and Terry alone in Bruce's comp car. And this is when our boy Bruce he starts macking. He's like, Hey, hey, uh, look in the glove box. And she's like, Oh, why? He's like, just look in there. And he she grabs she grabs binoculars. And then she's like, put them on, look. And then she uses binoculars to watch the movie. And then I'm thinking, this cheap motherfucker. Just brought her out so he can he didn't even pay for the movie, making that girl watch the whole movie through binoculars. Come on, motherfucker. You could have just made out with the girl in the movie theater. Have you not seen all these and other she, movies? Right. And she seemed to be impressed. Yeah, she was impressed. But yeah, like, what the fuck? Like she's like, oh, that's cool. We're watching the drive in movie through binoculars from your car. Yeah. So, like, and he grabs grabbing him, and then he's like, um, so he raises in, like, hey, can you put the sound through the car? And so they're they're look they can listen to the sound of the movie while watching it through the binoculars. Yeah, through his like CB radio or whatever. So during this time when our Bruce and Terry he's trying to mac on her, we see a car driving and has two girls in it. Okay, and they're talking about like going on some sort of like ski trip or ski resort or something, and they said they made two hundred fifty dollars a night. And I couldn't really tell if they were hookers or not. I couldn't tell if they were hookers or if they were like teachers at the ski resort because the blonde one, which we found out her name was Debbie. She was about to say, Hey, uh, I think I caught something from the head. <laughs> I think I caught something from the head uh, ski guy. And then right before she was about to say what she got caught from him, we see a bunch of fake cows on the road. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite part of the movie. So there's fake, <laughs> fake cows. Like wooden wooden cow cutouts in the middle of the road. Well, remember, John. To stop them. That Vince and Ida, they want to be creative of how they capture people. So this is one of their creative ideas. 
That, that's a good idea. That's a good point. So they they may they make wooden cows yeah. to stop these two girls driving uh, along the road. And but yeah, you're right. I couldn't. I, I assumed that they worked at the ski resort. Although this movie seems to take place in the summertime, but uh, I, I, it seems it seems to not be cold. But they seem to be they seem to work at the ski resort, and then I'm assuming that um, from what you find out a, a, a couple minutes from now that that's the reason that she caught something from the uh, the 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 ski and the main uh, ski instructor. Ski, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because they're just like fooling around with everybody. Up yeah. There. So. The other girl, I didn't catch her name, but she's like daring Debbie to get out there and move the cows. She's like, do it, do it. Debbie's about to do it. She's like, grab the gun out there too and move the cows. And then Debbie's like, no, I'm not doing it. And then the girl calls her a chicken shit and she goes out in there and moves it herself. So she's moving these cows. Debbie's looking a little nervous. Then we got our boy Vincent. He shows up in a gas mask and everything. He's trying to gas this girl. And of course, Debbie Mm -hmm. freaks out. And he um, eventually Vincent actually gasses the girl and Vincent uh, sees Debbie and then Debbie actually drives off and she like knocks the cows and starts driving off. And then somehow Vincent is like super fast where he goes into his red truck and starts chasing her. So during this, our boy Bruce, he has seen enough of the monsters who take over the world. He's about to take over something. He's about to take over that Terry's pants. Like, he's mm-hmm. wanting it. He's like, hey, you know what I mean? I'm glad that you're out here. You know, I really like you. You know, I just want to, I just want to, you know, make sure you're having a good stay. He's just like, oh, okay, thank you very much. And he's starting to do, starting to do some kissing. Terry ain't liking the kissing. He's starting to do some more kissing. And I thought this movie was going to take a dark turn. Okay, because our boy Bruce wasn't saying, he wasn't hearing no for an answer. And then next thing we know, we hear over the radio, Help, help, help me, help me, help me. So, and he's like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> no, 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 no. This part was like, we hear like, help, stop, stop it, stop it. And then Bruce is like, okay, shit, okay. Okay, I ain't gonna do nothing. He thought it was Terry. And then Terry's like, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't tell a voice coming from the girl in your car versus the voice coming over the CB radio, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this guy's an idiot, so maybe he couldn't, but. Yeah. He was just like, (laughs) he heard the screaming, stop, stop, help me, help me. And he was like, oh, shit, I'm about to catch a case. So you couldn't hear (laughs) her say no like the three other times or something? I was like, okay. (laughs) This boy. And then then we hear Terry and all them trying to see it. And it's like like a dispatcher girl saying like, yeah, somebody's getting chased and stuff right now. You should go find them. And he's like, then they try to like rush out to go find those girls getting chased. And then it's Debbie. She's getting chased by Vincent. And they're doing like this car swapping. And eventually, like, eventually Debbie crashes into the water. Okay. And this is a weird scene. So we have Bruce and Terry in the cop car trying to go where the, uh, where the chase is happening. We have Vince and the Debbie. Vince is now knocked Debbie into the lake. Okay. This random lake, and she went. She's in the car. She's in the lake now, and he actually like backs out the car into the lake. Okay, but somehow during this process, he got out of the car, grabbed Debbie, put him in the red car, and then hit her car. But I didn't see any of that. Did you see that? Because I didn't see it. No, that was definitely cut out of the movie. Because she ended up in the garden. 
So like, yeah, just magically there. Yes, because the only thing I remember seeing is she she's like she like hit something or or you know crash, swerved into the lake. Uh, uh, Vincent probably heard the cop siren, so he he pushed the car back into the lake and drove off. But I didn't see the interaction of him actually taking Debbie and putting in the car. And I was watching this movie. My eyes were glued to the screen. I didn't see it happen. Okay? No, no. It's definitely not in there. Okay. So back to this. Now we have the girl I didn't get her name. We have Debbie. They are now part of the garden now. They are now part of the garden of Vincent's beef jerky line. Okay? Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed at this point yeah. is that it's basically the same thing over and over and over again. Like there's just some random people driving down the road, then they all of a sudden get them in the garden somehow, whether by fake cows or shooting the tires out or something. And then they just get them back in the garden all of a sudden. Yep. And this goes, this happens over and over and over again. And none of these people have any kind of story or, or anything. None of it makes, none of it makes any sense. The only, the only story in it really is the, Everything that's happening during the daytime with um, Terry, Ida, and Vincent. Yeah, pretty much. Those are the only ones that kind of had like a little bit of story back to them. Okay, so while Vincent and Ida, they were back at the uh, garden, they hear a horn. Like a honking of the horn. And and then Vincent's like, what the hell is that sound? I was like, oh crap, I forgot to turn off the sign. So usually they have a sign. I guess when they like go find victims, they turn off the they turn on the no vacancy sign. Right. Or to I me, guess. to me, the shit was on all the time. So I don't know why. Just keep that shit on. You know, never have any vacancies. But she said she forgot to turn off the sign. So this is when we. <laughs> so we get this dude. All right. And he is like he looked like one of them guys like those like seven like a seventies dude who is definitely shady, taking a lot of coke, and going to Las Vegas. Like, he is that type of dude. And he has, like, this, like, blonde with him. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, to the blonde, like, hey, do you know where we are? And she's like, no, I don't know where we are. So, like, this is the place. Like, this is the this is Vincent's place. And she's like, who's Vincent? He's like, Vincent's beef jerky. Vincent's meat. Like, I grew up on this shit. It tastes wonderful. He's, like, eating a piece of beef jerky. And then Vincent comes out in like a bathrobe and everything. He's like, oh, sorry, folks. We decided to turn in a little early today. Uh, I forgot to turn off the sign, but how can I help you? She's like, oh, yeah, we just need a room and stuff over here. He's like, oh, we got plenty of those. So they go inside. Um, while they're inside, they hear like a cop siren. It's Bruce and all them. And Bruce shows up to the place. And our first, like, the the, the dude... The, the shady 70s guy and his blonde, they're looking kind of worried. Like, hey, man, is this place is cool. And Vincent's like, well, I can turn on the heat for you. You don't get it? No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I one thought you were going to elaborate a little bit more. But, yeah, he's like, I can turn on the heat for you. So, yeah. okay, so I don't rem- I didn't remember this part where he talks about. Oh, um, that was the best part. Uh, well, yeah, like I didn't remember the part where he talks about the growing up on the smoked meats because I thought that um, mm-hmm. didn't Vincent. Um, so, so the so that guy and the girl are swingers, and yes. they think it's like a swingers place. So, and yes. didn't Vincent put an ad for them or something? Yes. So basically, what happened was okay. So, so Bruce walks in. Okay, 
Like, every time Bruce sees a girl, though, like, he's horny. Like, he's like, oh, shit, who are you? Like, he's, like, ready to go. All right? Any any girl. Yeah. And then this is when Terry was talking about, like, hey, we just heard this girl on the radio. Like, she was getting chased and everything, and it was pretty bad. And then, um, and then, like, <laughs> like, the skinny blonde's, like, looking, like, when Ida walks and everything, like, she looks, she's, like, looking, like, kind of, like, oh, shit, what did I get myself into? And at first, you don't really know why she's looking like that. But we'll find out why here in a second. Like like John was saying, like they think it's like a swingers place, and she's probably thinking like, "Oh crap, I gotta get with these old people." <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then like um, Ida, she comes in, it's like, "Yeah, I just heard over the radio and stuff. Like it was just some kids making some pranks and stuff. Like so the screaming that they were hearing, Ida, I guess they have like a two D radio or something. Um, she was saying like, "Hey." Yeah, I heard it and stuff, and it was just a bunch of kids making pranks. And then Bruce is like, oh, that's all the stuff I need. Everything's good. No problem. Don't need to investigate anything. Everybody, I had a great time. Terry, can I get your number? You know, <laughs> like, okay, that's all you need is your word. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, no investigation at all. <laughs> Bro, our Bruce, he literally said this line. He's like, so if you ever need a little excitement, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. And then he leaves, and then eventually Terry, she gives Vincent a kiss on the cheek, and then she leaves to go to bed, and then our our two uh, swingers rock up, and then they give him, like, hey, you know, we're here for the excitement. And at first they're like, what the hell are they talking about? And then they, it's like, they give him the brochure. Okay? And the brochure is from a hot spot scene. Uh, it, it's called, it's Vincent's Motel, Route 27, Greenville, California. These folks allow swingers. No, those these folks allow. Uh, no, no, sorry. These folks go all out a swingers paradise. So that's what the ad said. So, and then that is what it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So then Ida was like, "Oh, sorry, we didn't realize that we made this this month's edition." So uh, some of the tricks that. Vincent and I to do remember we were talking about them being creative this is one of their oh, creative yes. ideas is to get some swingers to come to their hotel so they can capture them but they didn't realize I guess this issue was out they didn't realize maybe this doesn't work before or something but they didn't realize that was going to happen yeah. Uh, yeah maybe it came out before uh, you know it was it, it came out in the in a, um, a month pre- before they thought it was going to maybe yeah I guess and then they're like, okay, just give us 10 minutes. We will meet um, in, like, cabin number one. And then the blonde was like, can you, like, bring your daughter? And Vincent's like, <laughs> <laughs> and Vincent says, that's not my daughter. And she's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and this guy, though, he is getting super excited. Like, every word they're saying and then I was like, okay, we're just going to go over there. We're just going to do some stretching exercises. He's like, stretching exercises? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. Bro, he was like, this guy was like, like he, he was so happy to be at Vincent's place, eating his meat, and he's about to have sex with him. Like, this guy is in paradise right now. Okay, he is just ready to go. Uh, let's see. So this is when we get that blonde girl, the blonde swinger. She's just whipping the whole room, like just whipping everything. Like, fuck. Yes. 
And then the guy's name is actually his name is um, Ed. So we got his name. And she and she he's like, Where's my jelly? And so like he like jellies himself up. And she's all like, Aren't you gonna shave? And then he starts like shaving himself for some reason. I was like, Okay, this is gonna get a little this is gonna get a little crazy. Yeah. He says, I always do and then he's like shaving like the hair off of his chest with like an electric razor or something. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah. I hope they are into animals. Right? Oh, they're into animals. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. And then she's all like, I I hope they like my whip. (laughs) And then the guy, he wants to get greasy, so it's like greasing all up and stuff. And then while he's like greasing them up and he's on the floor doing all this stuff, Vince and Ida just show up and they're like staring at them all weird. Just go to your phone, dial that number that you see running underneath your television screen right now. I wonder if they're into animals. I certainly hope so. $200,000. Oh, I can't take it when you wiggle that weapon. If you can't take it, then I'll take you. Warm me up. Let's get greasy. You need this money to continue the telecast. Oh, 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 and then and then they have like and then uh, he's like they have like rope and stuff with them and then the guy's like oh great you're in the bondage like he this guy was this ed guy he was just like ready to go like this guy he's like i'm just gonna be at the swingers club i don't give a fuck i probably just did some cocaine before this i'm eating on this meat i'm gonna let this old crazy couple who didn't expect me to come here they kind of look like red, you know, like farmers and shit. I'm going to let them tie me up. So he's like, okay, just tie me up. So they're all like tying up and everything. And they're like super excited about getting tied up. And then he's like, okay, this is like really tied up and stuff. And I was thinking at this point, like, listen, guys, like, there ain't no way. I could be fucking, you know, I ain't going to be tied up by another fucking old couple. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have a little more sense than that. But these people. And then like. Uh, Ida, she brings out like the uh, the gas. He he's all like, "Oh, nitric oxide? Hell yeah! Give it to me!" <laughs> and then he gives it to him, and he and, and he gives it to him, and he passes out. And then the blonde's like, "Okay," like Vincent's tying up the blonde and everything. And she's like, "Okay." First, she's starting to get it, like, "Oh, this is a little tight." And then and then he's about to give her the gas, and she's all like, "That ain't nitric oxide. What the hell? What the hell is it?" She starts freaking out. And then Vince puts on on the, the the gas on tour. He's like, "This is laughing gas. I give it to you, and I laugh." <laughs> so I thought this part was like this part was both like funny and creepy at the same time. So I thought this part was actually like pretty cool. The movie because it was funny because these guys are just like ready to go and have sex with this old couple. You know what I mean? But it ended yeah. up turning to like something that's like actually pretty creepy. Like they got tricked. Like like. You know, you, they're, you know, they're about to kill these motherfuckers. So I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, that's pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Like, 
to be so trusting of your body like that to strangers, like, you know, you can't do that. Like, these guys were willing to do that. Like, you can't do that. I think that you're reading way more into this than is actually there. You but like, yeah, you like that? Um, hey, man, uh, I'm yeah, all, I'm all um, about digging deep into like different things, man. That's yeah, how I did. Like, yeah, making a moral, uh, <laughs> like a moral story out of this. But, moral, yeah, they're just, yeah, who they're can just make- insane swingers who uh, don't see any red flags at all in any of yeah. this situation that they're in. Right. Well, the the blonde does at this point. Yeah, she, yeah, she does. Yeah, at the end, like she right before she got gas. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she figures out that, hey, something's not right here. Okay. So, it's the next morning now. Vincent meets up with Terry. Terry has woke up. He's like, oh, you're up early, child. And then they start talking a little bit. And Vince, he wants to teach Terry the art of how to make meat. Okay. Yeah, so he, he wants to teach Terry the art of smoking meat. Yes. and And Terry is all excited about it now. And then our boy Vince, he goes on to his nice yellow tractor and Terry gives him a kiss on the cheek. Um, so we could tell a lot right now that Terry definitely likes Vincent, but you think it's more like in a father figure way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, she's like very into this couple, very nice couple, but she looked at Vincent in a very high regard. And mm-hmm. then he's like, hey, I'll see you later on. I'm going to go finish some of my yard work. Then uh, Terry, she actually goes peeping in the barn. All right. So she's looking at everything, looking at all the meat and stuff. And then eventually Ida pops out. It's like, what are you doing in here, child? Vincent would be pissed that I found you in here. And then Terry's like, well, he said, like, he's going to be teaching me how to do meat. I just wanted to check out the place before, you know, he starts teaching me. And then Ida says, oh, well, that makes everything different now. And then uh, we can see like a tub with a bunch of like body parts in it. And she's trying to hide um, Terry from it. Ida is. And then she eventually says, this is a great day for tubing. And Terry's like, what? It's like tubing. You ever been tubing? And then they go out and they go tubing. They go tubing in the lake. Have you ever been tubing there, Allison? Oh, yeah. Tubing is a lot of fun. That's true. But they're yeah, out there tubing. Down the river is very, very relaxing. Yes. They're out there tubing. Um, uh, Terry said she can't swim. Ida said she can't swim. But she's like, hey, the tube will just take care of the business. They're out there tubing everything. And they're having a good time. They're splashing on each other and stuff. And then Ida, she actually pulls out a razor. She cuts the tube. And then um, Terry goes to help her rescue her. But then Ida tries to drown her. So they start fighting back and forth until Vincent makes the save. And he saves Terry from drowning. And then we and then we're at the next we're we're in the next scene where there Terry is in the bed. Vincent's talking to her. Ida's apologizing to um to Terry, saying, like, hey, I'm sorry, I just got freaked out. I was about to drown. I'm sorry for for doing all that. Will you accept my apology? Terry's like, Yeah, I guess. He's like, Okay, great. Uh, I'll see you guys later then. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm gonna leave this scene because I'm not really part of it anymore. Yes. Now, I have this no is, more lines. Yeah, I got no more. Yeah, I got no more lines. I gotta be out of here. I ran out of <laughs> puns to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I did my thing. And then Vince, I say, hey, you okay? And then the blonde, the I called her the blonde on here until we knew her name. But Terry is like, she's like, Vincent, I really like you. And then Vince is like, Oh, I really like you too, child. 
And then Tara's like, no, I really like you. And then her like tit pops out and everything. She's like, I need you to take me right now. And then they start kissing a little bit. And then Vince is like, ah, oh, I can't do this. You know? And she's like, well, why not? What's going on? She's like, we're, we're not even married. And she's like, are you proposing to me? And then they like stare at each other weird. And then, uh, and then she's like, oh, I got to think about this. All right. And then like, that was like the end of the scene. And then, and then the fucking next thing we know, the fucking Vince meets up with the preacher guy and they're going to get fucking married. Yeah. It's like the next day she decides to do it. Um, the, um, and the preacher is the same, uh, one from the television. Yeah. It's that knowing fucking guy from the TV show. That's fucking like, he just sounds like a bunch of noise in the background. He's some weird preacher guy. Who's played by uh, Wolfman Jack. Oh Yeah. What's he in? Yeah, Wolfman, Wolfman Jack was a famous uh, DJ in the 60s and the 70s. Okay. You know what I was about um, to say? He had, yeah, he has a very um, – his shows were really good. I remember him from something in the 80s when I was a kid, but I don't remember what. Yeah. But he was like in the 60s and the 70s, he was a really, really famous DJ, radio DJ. You know what I was about to say before I said, like, what is he in? I was like, who do you – who? I was about to say, who do you ever beat? <laughs> who do you ever beat? <laughs> All right, so Vince meets with that TV preacher. He's like, hey, I'm getting married and everything. Can you get everything um, set up for me? <laughs> and then we get, like, Bruce. He's looking at, like, some penthouse magazine. Look at these naked girls. Yeah. The preacher walks up said, Vince. Uh, he said, like, no, he said, Bruce, Vince is getting married. And Bruce is like, who the fuck's going to marry that old fuck? He said it was a... <laughs> he didn't really say that, but that's pretty much what he was meaning. That's basically what he says. Yeah. <laughs> the preacher's like, it was that poor soul that they brought in. And Bruce is like, wait a minute, what? That fucking blonde girl I was trying to hit up on that, that a couple couple days ago? Like, no, he's, no, they must have tricked her. I was like, oh, crap. He's like freaking out. I was like, no, there's no way he would ever marry that old guy over here. He probably tricked her. I got to go over there. And, and then the, the preacher's like, Bruce, is that a naughty magazine you're reading? <laughs> and Bruce is like, I grabbed these from one of the kids and stuff. Like... He's like, well, I need to take that from me. I got to uh, dispose of it properly. Destroy it. Yeah. Destroy exactly. it. And he gives it to him. And then Bruce like runs off. And then the preacher guy's like, oh, yeah. He's like checking out the magazine. Like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when we get Bruce. He shows up to the, uh, I guess they stay in the motel. The motel hell. He shows up there. He's all pissed. He's like freaking out. I was like, this is actually when we find out Terry's name. So we're like, yeah almost towards the end of the movie now Terry's name Terry Terry I, I don't even know how he knew his name did you even ask the girl like I, there was no interaction of how we knew this girl's name until no, right like, now we don't even know it at this point yes until this point yeah so he's freaking out like he is like he thinks like they are tricking this girl or they're like putting her to gunshot to marry this guy and he like bursts up into her room she's taking a shower and he's all like Terry thank god I found you like I, uh, you're shower. okay. Yeah, he's like, yeah. She's like in the bathtub and everything. He's like, oh, thank God I found you. But you're okay. And she's like, yes, I'm okay. And I was like, well, I heard you're like getting married to Vincent. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, yes, I am getting married to Vincent tom- tomorrow. And he's all like, how the hell can you marry that old guy and stuff? He's like, he's a nice guy. He treats me great and stuff. He's, and <laughs> okay. And our boy Bruce. This is what he says. He goes off. He's saying, that motherfucker got syphilis of the brain, and you're going to be... Syphilis <laughs> of the brain? <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, 
This guy said, and you'll be disappointed with his pecker. You'll be, yeah, you'll be, you'll be disappointed when his pecker don't work. Because <laughs> he's got syphilis of the brain. He's got syphilis of the brain and his pecker don't work. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. And then mm-hmm. after he's getting all pissed off, Vincent comes in with a shotgun. All right, he's pointing at him and stuff. And then Vincent's like, if there wasn't a lady present, you won't be alive. And Bruce says, and it's like, it's like he's about to get out of there. And then Vincent starts shooting his ass. And then Bruce like just runs out of there. And I'm like, these guys are like brother and like, like what the hell's going on? So this is when the movie kind of like turns like a little like weird for me. So we went from Vincent rescuing this girl Terry and to be like more like a father figure to her ending up actually in love with Vincent. I guess because this girl secretly has a lot of daddy issues and she likes older men. I'm assuming so. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that that's what this is, but... Um, I, I'm glad that this is finally turning weird for you. Like, nothing in this movie makes any fucking sense. But at this point, it gets weird, right? Yes. So, uh, okay. So, yeah. Yes, so now, now they're going to get married. Yes. So, uh, Vince has a present for Terry. It's a ring. Now, Ida, she wants to uh, she wants to do a toast. She's doing a toast for, for Terry and Vincent. And then why they're going to be drinking some champagne. Um... And then this is when we actually find out too that Vincent's little sister was Ida. So we didn't know the whole time because it was never brought up that that Ida was Vincent's uh, sister. I thought at first it was just the wife. And then they started getting married. I was like, where does this come from? But it turns out that Ida is the sister. Okay. So he thanks his sister for giving the toast. And then they all drink a little bit of champagne. But Ida did put something in Terry's drink. So then when Terry gives a little kiss... To them. they're fucking basically making out she eventually passes out and then Vincent's like okay cool now we can get to work so yes so um, yeah, yeah so I like, mean okay. uh, right so con- we'll continue on because I'm trying to make sense out of this but there's not any so yes we'll go on I guess so, so ch- okay you want me to start not making any sense so now that Bruce is upset that Vincent is taking his woman, who the woman mm. didn't want to be with him in the first place. Now Bruce is suspicious of Vincent. Now, yeah, now he's suspicious. Yes, now he decides to go back to the original crash of the of Terry. I don't really know what prompted him to do that, because like we already established that 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 Terry is willing to, you know. To marry Vincent, it's not like she's being brainwashed, but but in Bruce's head, he cannot fathom that this old pecker guy is going to be banging this young blonde. He's like, no, that's not happening. So now he's at the original crash, and he finds the up some blood on a tree, and he finds the motorcycle with a a shotgun bullet hole in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then during this, Vince and Ida they are working in the garden. All right. It, it looks like they're like, it looks like they're like making vampires out of these fucking heads in the ground <laughs> and shit. And they put like some lights on them and stuff. And this is when we get Vince and he's all like, you know, I take really good care of my cattle. So he like he 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 likes his work. He's he, he's really a big fan of like his work that he does. And then he starts like, this is a weird scene too. For the band members, he like puts like the like these like 
strobe lights in front of him to try to hypnotize him. And he's going on like, this is going to be the biggest trip you've ever had. We're going to go on to like light years. And then during this stuff, it like they're like acting like it's going to be like a spaceship launching off him and Ida during this part. And like they, they, they're they putting like a bunch of like ropes around their necks. And they're about to say like five, four, three, two, one, boom. They go on the tractor and they basically snap um, all three of their necks while they're getting all tripped out on this light. On the, on the flashing lights. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Mm. Yeah, and also why they did that, all the bodies were like getting pulled out too. So, uh, so this is when Bruce, <laughs> Bruce is now looking in the lake and he finds a car there. And the car was so easy to find. Like, it's been sticking out this whole time, man. Okay? Like, nobody noticed the drove by there. Like, oh, there's a fucking random car in there that's sticking out. No, Bruce has found it now. I was like, oh, that's not right. There's like a car in there. I wonder if that's like that Debbie's car that was supposed to be a prank. But he didn't say any of that. Could it be? No, could it be? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's see. So, we are now back at the barn. All right? Vince and Ida, they are preparing a body. Uh, it was the body of that dude with the, the beard, the fake beard. They are preparing him for to be cooked up. Alright. So yeah. Bruce is now suspicious. He's like, oh shit, okay, stuff's coming. So he's about to show up back to the hotel. Alright. Uh, Vince is telling Ida to, you know, clean this up and everything. And this is when Vince takes a little part of the body and eats it. There was like a there's like a body in the the cooker already. He was trying out the meat, to make sure it tastes good. And then during this, there's a head in the garden, and the head's getting wild. So the original head that we saw that Bob saw, that one is breaking himself free. Yeah. All right. Do we know who we we know who it is? Right at this point, they've they've revealed that who the 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 Bonnie. Yeah. No, that guy like would we just... Know that it, go ahead. We know that it's Bo, right? No, no, no. Bo is... Yeah, Bo is in the garden. Okay? I don't know if we said that. Yeah, so Bo has actually turned into one of these demons, but I don't think Bo was the one that first escaped. But Bo is in there. He's in the garden. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. Or not Bo, I don't but, think it matters. I don't, I don't think it matters for the uh, Oh, you know what? Maybe that guy was Bo. I don't know who the fuck that guy was. I yeah, thought, he was Terry's boyfriend, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it could have been. Okay, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it matters for the yeah, story. But no. anyway, it could have been though. That that makes sense if it was him, because he was one of the original persons in there. So Bruce is now in the hotel. He's asking for Terry. Like, where the hell is Terry? But Terry's like passed out right now. Bruce comes in. He meets Terry, and then Terry's like, "What are you? How are you doing here, Bruce?" Uh, he's like, "He's like Vince. Vince is, might be trying to kill you," and she's all like, "Why are you saying all this stuff?" You know, like, why are you trying to act like this just because I'm going to be marrying him? He's like, no, like, I think he's really just trying to kill you. And then during this, um, we have Ida. She is hungry. But Vince says she can't have any because we're short on the meat right now. Even though he has, like, three fucking bodies about to be smoked. All right. <laughs> he says, like, I only have enough room to smoke these these three. And then he starts chopping up the body. And then he's like, hey, Ida, go get some food somewhere else. So Ida goes back in there. She's eating some ice cream with ketchup. So I don't know what the fuck that was all about. And then she hears in the background Bruce saying, hey, hurry up, Terry. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of this room. He said, like, um, he's like, yeah. And Bruce is like, 
like, hey, I, I went back to your crash scene and I saw that your motorcycle got shot, your motorcycle got shot with a shotgun. And I went by the lake and there had to be like a hundred cars uh, <laughs> lost in there. And I was thinking. Mm, which is also from Psycho. That's also an homage to Psycho, I'm sure. Oh, having all the cars remember, in the lake? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember Norman would always push the car into the lake. Yeah. This guy's like, there's a hundred cars in the lake. And I was like, why the fuck did you know that? You only saw one. <laughs> all right. So then Bruce, he goes to leave with her and then he, Ida attacks him. He, she attacks him, knocks him out, and grabs the gun. And then and then Ida grabs Terry and is like, we're going to show you how to make meat. We're about to do the lessons for you. And she grabs her with the gun and brings her up into the cabin. Uh-huh. And then when we get that, we have the bodies. So all the bodies that are left in the garden, they have now escaped. And now they're walking like zombies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is yep. when we, we're in the we're in the barn now. Okay, we have Ida, Terry, and Vincent. And Vincent's saying, look at me. Uh, tell me what you see. And then Terry gets all pissed off. She's like, spits on him. And then um, and then uh, Vincent says, hey, Ida, go get Bruce to come down here to bring him, bring him into the barn. So she leaves. And this is when we get um, Ida. She is like walking down all normally. And she sees one of the bodies out of, out of the grave, one of the garden bodies. And then they all start attacking. Then, like, she sees one, and then she sees some more. She's all happy to fight them. They all start fighting. At first, she's, like, kicking all their asses. I was like, fuck, man, this girl should be in a battle royal. She's, like, <laughs> kicking all their fucking asses, you know? And then eventually she gets taken over by all the bodies. And, like, I don't really know. Like, did they, like, we didn't really see her after this. Like, she, I don't know if she, like, got ripped open or something. Like, it didn't really show anything. It just, like, after she got taken over, they just, like, cut the scene. Yeah, well, you find out at the end. Yeah. What happened to her? Oh, okay. So Vince said, "Hey, girl, you ever?" So you know Terry's getting all like freaking like, "What the hell's going on over here?" And he's like, "Hey, girl, you ever you ever clean a fish before?" Because <laughs> he's like chopping a bias while he's talking to her. Says, "I I am doing. Uh, I'm not doing anything bad." This is what Vince says. I'm not doing anything bad. I don't give him chemicals. You know, he's like I treat him better than um, other farmers treat their cattle. He said, and this is when he goes on saying, like, I'm just helping out the uh, the people. You know, there's not enough, there's there's not enough people. Not, no, there's not enough food to eat, but there's a lot more people out there. So he's like, this is like the human thing to do. He said, yeah, it human, makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. He said, human flesh, you know, that's like the that's like the great ingredients that I have in my meat. And he's like, man, I've been doing this meat for 30 years. People eat my meat from all over. He said, you know, Bruce. He's the biggest cannibal in the whole country. Oh, the whole county. <laughs> I was like, fuck, bro. he eats his meat all the time. Yeah, he's fucking... Bro, they, like, bury this Bruce guy. Like, imagine having his role. Like, you know, we talk about and burying him in wrestling all the time when they bury their character. Mm. Boy, there's nobody that got buried more than this Bruce guy did. <laughs> yeah, Bruce definitely got buried. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, like, this, this motherfucker lost his girl to this old guy. Like, this, everything that happened to this Bruce guy is just like, fuck. So then during this, Terry, she's trying to escape now. And Vince is like, it's locked from the outside. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then... Um, Although we're on the inside. Yeah. But somehow we locked it from the outside. Yes, exactly. Magic. And then then after that, he's like, oh, I guess Ida was right. You would never be able to understand the way we make meat. So, and then during this, the... 
the guy that I guess is Bo, the first garden zombie, he breaks mm-hmm. through because he break he go, he's climbing on top when Vince is giving his speech, and he breaks through to the barn. So he falls down and he breaks through, and then um, he starts to attack Vince, and then Vince and they both fight, and then uh, Vince ends up. Um, and then Vince ends up like uh, choking the guy out, so he eventually ends up killing the guy. Uh, so Bruce he wakes up now, um, and he's asking for Terry. And then eventually Bruce goes to the barn. And he breaks into the barn, saying, "Terry, Terry, where are you at?" And then this is when we get Vince, and he puts on the pig mask. So remember the pig mask for about like forty minutes ago? It's back, brother. Okay, it's back. Which I thought this movie was going to be about. I thought it was going to be about some sort of maniac pig chainsaw guy. But no, it's just our boy Vincent with a pig mask. Why is Vincent fighting Bruce in a pig mask? I really don't know. Because like, if you look at it, so this pig mask could be hard as fuck to look through. Well, that was going to be my point. It's yeah. not a mask. It's yeah. a pig head. Yeah. He has a pig head over his head. So, okay, my first question is, how does he see anything? Is he looking through the nose? Like, how does he see? And I'm pretty sure noses don't work that way. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think. But, like, how does he see anything? And two, heads are not hollow. Like, you can't just cut off a pig's head and put it on your head. Like, it has stuff in it. I don't know, man. Like a skull. Like a bones. I mean, like, like... this is one of the many things, but this is probably the most illogical thing in the entire movie. This yes. whole the whole pig head thing looked great, yes. like it did, and you can tell cool. that they're just like, "Oh, this looks really cool. Let's put this guy in overalls with a pig head and a yeah. chainsaw. This shit looks fucking awesome." But like, there's no like, there's no explanation for how any of this works or why. And I, I hate people who re- who need explanation for everything, yeah. but this doesn't even make any damn sense. Yeah, like. If I was in, like, a chainsaw fight, like, I don't think I would want something to, like, you know, harm my vision of all things. Right, exactly. So, so they start fighting. So, the pig head Vincent has a chainsaw. Bruce has a chainsaw. They start chainsaw fighting. And then during this, we have the damsel in distress, Terry. She is tied up, and she is about to be um, uh, slowly going towards a, a meat cutter. Okay, and during this fight, eventually Bruce gets the upper hand somehow. You know, he's getting his ass kicked for most of the match, and maybe he does a, a schoolboy, and he eventually wins. Oh, sorry, that's a wrong, wrong thing. So eventually, he gets knocked over, and the chainsaw eventually gets uh, Vincent on the side, and yep, then he starts making his comeback. Yes, he made his comeback, got Vince uh, to drop his guard, went for the half crab, boom chainsaw in the gut there goes vincent bruce does his best um spider-man he grabs up into the meat hook slides his way down and rescues the damsel in distress terry and then bruce feeling bad for what he did he's like oh shit terry i was like, okay we we found out that terry was some sort of mass serial killer making meats with human dead bodies and he was about to kill you with the chainsaw pig mask and you're worried about him now okay gotcha so we, gotcha. he goes and talks to Vincent, takes off the bit head, and this is when Vincent is like, he's going off. He is all like, hey, Bruce, you can have the motel and the garden now. And he's all like, he's like, 
my secret garden. He's like, he's even saying like he has another garden, like a secret garden and my animals. You can have all that now. Yeah, because that's what you do when you, yeah, yeah my brother killed me in a chainsaw fight. So now I'm going to give him all my stuff because he's probably going to want to take over. Yeah. And then Vince is just going like, you can have all my work now. You know, hopefully my work can live on and all my work can uh, be, you know, carried throughout the times. Uh, Bruce, you can have the motel, you can have my garden, you can have all my animals, you can have everything. It's all yours now. Okay. And then Bruce and now Bruce and Terry are walking. And this is when we find out Bruce is like, yeah, you know, it's pretty crazy. I could have ended up like them. Like, uh, you know, I like moved out of here when I was like 10 years old. Did you know everybody grew up here? I was like, well, fuck, now we know. <laughs> you know? It's like at the end of the fucking movie. You could have told us before. Right at, the end of, right at the end of the movie. It's like, yeah, could... Vincent say something about using, um, he didn't tell anybody, but he used preservatives in the meat or something. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that and was that the was line. Like his biggest regret or yeah. whatever, yeah. He's like, my biggest regret is I used preservatives. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, and then, um, let's see. He's like, yeah, I ran away when I was like 11. And he said that I might have been some kind of like crazy, infestive, crazy man guy like this person. And he's like, what should I do with this place? And Terry's like, you should burn this evil motel down. I was like, well, did anything like even evil happen in the motel? Like most of the evil should happen in the barn and the garden. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So then we, um, we, we, burned the, well, we burned the hotel and that's it. That's it. Well, they go to the garden and they find Ida in the garden upside down. Oh yeah, that's right. They find yeah that yeah, part. Was, yeah, because the yeah because that part was used upside down. Right. It, well, yeah. Well. Yeah. The, yeah. The the garden place. dead bodies. We didn't find out what happened to them. They just like vanished in the, the thin air. But instead of like I'm assuming they just walk off like zombies. Yeah. They're, just, yeah, they're forever zombies now, just walking off. Yeah. Ida's in the garden and her legs bounce like two times and that's it. And then we burn the fucking hotel. And then. Yep. We have ended our stay at the Motel Hell. Allison, how was your stay at this hotel? What would you give it? I, a, I, I have a five star rating. Not, would you like I this? Not, uh, at a five star rating, this was like a two. I did not. I did not like this at all. I mean, I, it's amusing for all the reasons that we laughed at it. Yeah. But I just, I just did not like this. I just, I just did not like this movie. You didn't even like all, the beef jerky really. that came in our bed when we got there. <laughs> Oh well, okay, that was pretty good. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Not thinking about it. I'd probably get this one. Eh, we're doing five. Who wanted to give it a two as well? Like mm -mm. they had some good parts to it. Like it had some like creepy parts, you know. But like the dialogue and like the not explaining the backgrounds that well was like just like over my head. Like, I mean, like so we have Terry. Like, like okay, you got like you're with your boyfriend or whatever you got knocked off your, your vehicle this old guy rescued you okay yeah i can see i was cool and everything you're staying with them you don't like see any kind of red flags then you want to marry the motherfucker then you find out he's a cannibal okay then we got bruce over here some cop guy he's horny as hell okay and like apparently like his brother and everything he grew up there he never saw any red flags he didn't see any red flags the whole 30 years he was eating his human meat until he had a girl that he liked was going to get married to the guy. That's when he figured out there was red flags. Okay, that's kind of weird, you know? So it's just like, some of the stuff is just like, just weird, you know what I mean? Like the storyline is like, 
I guess that was like the goofy part about it. I don't know. This is a very weird movie, I would say. Yeah, it's just super goofy. It has to be like a satire. It's, it has yeah. to be intentionally funny, surely. So um, I probably would not ever watch this again. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> and like the biggest thing about the movie was like the pig head, the pig head and the overalls and the chainsaw because that's where they marketed all their stuff about. But like there was like literally like not even like maybe three minutes of footage of all that happening. So yeah, but you know, it's barely in the movie at all. I mean, there probably is some fans out there of this movie. Me, eh, I could, I was mom. I kind of like on your side. Like it, it was. They had some good parts. That's some okay funny parts. Like the oh, the, the the funny part that I forgot to mention was like when they were doing like the the pig fighting and bruising them. He actually grabbed the pig head and threw it at and threw it at um the pig head Vincent and the guy fell. And I thought that was pretty funny. So, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty that was pretty great. But yep, that's the motel. Hey everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Retro Blood as we continue our January um stays at different horror movie hotels. And Allison, what hotel will we be visiting next week? Well, next week we're taking the Trans Am up to Canada Ooh. for a Canadian horror film that's called Ghost Keeper. Ooh. And a little secret about Ghostkeeper, a little give you a little tidbit for next week. Ghostkeeper is one of those movies where um, they started the movie with the best of intentions, but halfway through they ran out of money, oh. and that always ends well. Yeah, <laughs> well, that should be fun. That's kind of like a stay. Like we're at our stay, right? And we're staying there for a couple mm-hmm. of days, and then the good old bank's like, "Yeah, we don't got any more money, so we have to we have to get on out of there and finish up the storyline before yep. we can uh, when get our, credit, our stay." When our credit card declines. Yep. Yeah. So that should be pretty fun. So everybody, join us next week here on the Retro Blood. As we be doing the Gatekeeper, we'll be heading up to Canada. Ghostkeeper. Ghost. What did I say? Gatekeeper. Yes. <laughs> the fuck was I thinking Gatekeeper for? I've been watching too much of that Gargoyle show. Anyway, we'll be heading up the Ghostkeeper, and we'll be heading on out of here at the Retro Blood. And uh, I think we'll leave everybody. I think you'll leave everybody with some thin Lizzie. Alright? This is going to be Genocide, the Killing of the Buffaloes. Everybody, check it on out. And check out the Retro Blood. And we will see you next week right here on the Retro Blood. Check it out, everybody. Thin see Lizzie. Later. See you later. When they try to tell you knowledge is a dangerous thing, it's such a dangerous thing. The people that have it are the people that Oh,
Listen to my story and listen to it well. Listen, well. listen to the glory of the glory details of the tale I tell. Did you know the red man everywhere? I used to know him well. Did you know the hunting ground before it became a hell? There are people around here that are right. There are people around here that like to sleep at night. There are people around here I don't know. There are people around here that don't take kindly to the killing of the buffalo. 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 The killing. The killing of the. The killing of the buffalo. The killing of the buffalo. To listen to my story of jealousy They were hunted and slaughtered till there was no place left to hide. Did you know the red man used to hold his head with pride? Till every man, woman, and child were destroyed. There are people around here that get it right. There are people around here that couldn't sleep the night. There are people around here I don't know. There are people around here that don't take care to the killer of the buffalo. There are people around here that understand There are people around here that couldn't give a damn There are people around here that go slow There are people around here that don't take kindly to the killer of the buffalo There are people around here that don't take too kindly to the killer of the buffalo Oh,